Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time jerks. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And Nick, we're, we're doing a podcast about the, the first place Kansas City Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC um, if the playoffs were to start today. But uh, look, I, their biggest opponent this week isn't even the Pittsburgh Steelers. So far, it's been the rise in, in COVID-19 cases. You know, I mean, uh, Josh Gordon... Chris Jones and Willie Gay, who missed the Chargers game last week, are all back. Charvarius Ward has already come back after going on it this week, too. But Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Lucas Niang, Rashad Fenton, Blake Bell, Harrison Butker, Nick Bolton, Kyle Long, they're all among those as we talk, you know, Thursday night that are on that COVID-19 list. Um, that's, I mean, that's going to make it difficult to face a, a a tough team like the Steelers who are also fighting for their playoff lives, isn't it? I mean, it, it <clears throat> you know, you're going to have to, you have to deal with the hand you're dealt on this one. I mean, it's unfortunate that, that that's happened and you hope uh, all the players are doing okay and feeling okay and that they're asymptomatic and that they're not going to have any issues or any long lasting issues that can either affect them on the field or long-term in their health. So you hope that that's not the case in that regard, but you know, I mean, this 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 battle isn't going away. Like, I mean, this you, this one was going to start around Thanksgiving, and it's going to go till the Super Bowl. Teams are just—it's going to be a part of what teams are going to have to deal with on their road to trying to win a championship. And so that's that's you know, uh, just it kind of is what it is in that regard. So you know, you you hope the only thing players can do is try to stay in a bubble. <laughs> like that's, a, that's about all anybody's going to be able to do. And even that may not be enough. I mean, that's just the way that, you know, it's going to go down. So, I mean, this Omicron variant is not messing around the way it is just spreading like wildfire. Um, and I think it's safe to say that, you know, it much like over the summer when, when the Delta variant arrived, the, the Omicron variant is, is kind of what is fueled, just a record number of cases in the NFL over the last two weeks. Um, I guess, though, I mean, you'd rather have it now than the week of the divisional playoff, right? The one benefit, as I said, if everybody else, if everybody's able to stay healthy from it and be okay, the one benefit that you can look at from a glass half full perspective is once the players test out of it and they're okay, then you got a 90 day holiday from having to test again. So that if you're trying to look for a glass half full thing, that's the one glass half full thing you can potentially take away from it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said, if there's any good news, um, there should not be any chance that Chris Jones, you know, Willie Gay, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Yang, any of those guys miss any time in the playoffs. Cause the, that 90 day window will cover past the Super Bowl at this point. So, just for example, uh, like Tyron Matthew, you know, his, his test, his window's back. about to expire, right? It already, it already did because it was yeah. September 1st whenever he got placed on that. And so that, that 90 day window ended on December 1st. Yeah. Um, so look, I mean, look, Pittsburgh has their own issues, right? Like Devin Bush, that's a big loss for them at linebacker. Um, you know, 
Okay, Harrison Butker is obviously a unique case because he's a specialist, right? You don't have another backup for him on the roster. And um, so Elliot Fry has already been elevated. Is that the biggest concern for you, or is the possibility of not having Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you know, uh, an even bigger concern? Because, you know, it's, it's, you've got other guys that, you know, that can catch a ball. You, you, you know, you don't necessarily have another guy that can do what Harrison Bucker does. Well, Ton, if you're asking me if two of the most important pieces of the Chiefs offense versus uh, the field goal kicker, if you're having to weigh the two, um, the time where a field goal kicker becomes important, or excuse me, a kicker in general, um, is whenever they have to make the game-winning kick. Um, that That's the one time where you really wish you'd have a Harrison Bucker out there, but for play in, play out, Tyreek Hill is, is what puts fear in defenses and Travis Kelsey puts fear in defenses. And for the chiefs to be able to move the ball as effectively as they want to against the Steelers, having both those guys, I mean, that's, let's be honest. That's their, that's their offense. And this is, if they don't play in this game, this is a great opportunity for everybody else to step up and to prove why they should be here in 2022 and why they should be weapons that the Chiefs should count on and consider. So the opportunity is there for everybody if Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey can't play. But, you know, there's there's been opportunities where the pressure's, you know, where the coverage has been with those guys and the pressure's off everybody else, and they haven't really been able to accomplish what they need to. So those, I mean, those are going to be concerning. And what happens to Lucas Niang is going to be concerning because he's been going against TJ Watt potentially. Um during that game. So that's going to be another big question mark. I mean, but being able to get Chris Jones back and get Willie Gay back, those are two big ones. Travis Ward's a big one. Um, but you would love to see Nick Bolton be able to come back if, if he's able to, just because his physicality fits really well going against the Steelers. Yeah, I was going to say, Nick, this this feels like a Nick Bolton type of game. You remember what he did against the Tennessee Titans with 15 tackles. Um, this is very much that type of game going against uh, an AFC North opponent. Um, and, and like, I agree, like obviously in terms of impact on the, on the, you know, bigger impact on the game, um, Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey are irreplaceable on that chiefs roster. My concern with Butker though, is like you saw it on the opening kickoff against the chargers. Like when you also have guys on special teams that are missing, um, you know, there's some, some yardage, some hidden yardage there. Um, you know, that, that could potentially hurt them. If Elliot Fry can't just boot the ball through the end zone or, you know, if Elliot Fry is only good from 52 instead of 58, you know, it changes some of the decisions they have to make, you know, and maybe they're not comfortable with him kicking from 50 plus. Um, and so they're going to have to change the way that they operate and, and that change the way they make decisions in this game. I, 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 I don't think the Harrison Butker absence, um, um, is, is meaningless. I think I, I can absolutely see a game like this because the Steelers play a lot of close games. I mean, they kind of, um, you know, they're, they're like a street bully. They kind of, they come in, they beat you up, they drag you down in the mud with them and make it a mud wrestling match. And, you know, they've shown a lot of resilience this year. They get behind early and then they've had a lot of second half comebacks. It, it's, you know, especially as shorthand as the chiefs are going to be, it very well could come down to a kick. And, and I, I will be much more nervous with Elliot Fry out there being the one to take it than I would be if Harrison Bucker was. Hey, I get what you're saying. And like I said, if it gets to those moments, then yeah, you're definitely hundred percent right. 
but you're hoping Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey can come back and be 100% to where you're not worrying about those moments. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it, it is what it is. We, you know, we've known the last two years that, that, you know, these kind of things could pop up and bite a team. And the Chiefs certainly aren't the only team that, that have been affected, um, you know, by. Yeah, the Jets and Texans, I think they both got 20 apiece. Right. Well, and, and Cleveland last week, I mean, probably is, you know, fell out of the realistic playoff picture, um, you know, in, in large part because they were missing a lot of guys against the Raiders. And again, even after the game was moved uh, from Saturday to Monday. Um, so who's got to step up? Okay. Let's just assume. And at this point, I think if you're the chiefs, right, you have to assume Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Blake Bell, Rashad Fenton, Lucas Niang, Kyle Long, and Nick Bolton are out, right? Like, if you're the Chiefs coaching staff, you just say, we need to game plan as if these guys are out. If any of them test back in Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, whatever, to get back on the field, great. That's gravy. And, and if they're healthy and they're they're fit enough to go, by all means, we will use them, right? But I think you need to plan as if you're not going to have those guys available, so who's got to step up? I mean, we've been waiting for three years now for McCole Hardman Jr. to step up. I mean, if he's ever going to do it, it's got to be this week, right? Like he and Byron Pringle are the guys who've got to be difference makers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, McCole Hardman's got to be able to fill in for Tyreek in that spot and be able to catch some of those deep passes that, that the Steelers are susceptible to, especially off of play action. So, I mean, McCole's going to have to step up there. Josh Gordon's going to have to step up and fill some of the underneath stuff in that regard, whether it's for Kelsey or for whoever else. I mean, you're going to, you're going to need Noah Gray to step up at tight end. They potentially don't have Kelsey and Blake Bell. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like you're, you're going to need Andrew Wiley to, or, or Prince to step up there at the right tackle spot, depending on how they want to play that. If you don't have Niang and Kyle Long and you're, you know, you're not expected to have Rimmers either. Because you know he's still on IR and on the COVID list, yeah, so yeah, he's he's double reserved. So I mean, you know, it's going to be a big week for Andrew Wiley, and he'll do the best he can. I'm not going to knock him if he goes out there and like doesn't have the game of a lifetime. Because I mean, he's going he's going to do the best he can out there, especially if he's going against TJ Watt. Just TJ Watt's tough for even some of the all pros in the league. You yeah. Know? So that's that's just part of the reality on that. Right. I mean, look, the Chiefs give Andrew Wiley full credit for the fact that when he had to start those five games, the Chiefs went undefeated in him, but he wasn't blocking TJ Watt in any of those games, you know, like um, it's just that that's a different beast. And and then when you throw in the fact that not that the Chiefs have shown a great willingness to to chip and use the the tight ends to help a whole lot, uh, but if you're missing your two best blocking tight ends and Kelsey and bell, I mean, you, you, you don't have a lot of options to help in that situation. I mean, I guess, you know, you could use Daryl Williams a little bit more cause he's a little bit bigger and you know, a little bit more physical probably is better in, in, uh, in some of those situations, but I mean, your options are, you know, start to, to start to thin out considerably uh, as you go along there. Yeah, there. Uh, and I mean, this is a game too where the running backs are really going to have to shine. That's what I was going to say. I was going to ask because usually you think of Pittsburgh as as 
you know, a team that dominates on the run and stops the run. That's not necessarily the case with this team, right? Like you, you put this out on, on, on at Jacob 71 on Twitter, on your Twitter feed, like the game plan, there are some ways to attack this team with the run and, and really work them over. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, unfortunately the chiefs are missing, you know, one key component that they could have used the entire year. And that's a dynamic running back. Um, that would have helped out a great deal. And that would take off a lot of pressure needing Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey this week. If you had a, a dynamic running back, it could physically make their presence down, but also have the speed like Dalvin cook did, uh, whenever he played the Steelers a couple weeks ago on Thursday night football. Like, I mean, he's, he's a guy that would, would have done well against him. Derek Henry would have done really well against the Steelers last week, you know? So there's, there's some guys out there and JK Dobbins would have done really well against the Steelers as well. If he was healthy, you know, not on IR for the Ravens. So, I mean, <clears throat> it's there for the taking Derek Gore is probably the guy who fits the best right now of what they're going to need. You would hope Clyde Edwards or could do some of that, but you know, I'm, this is kind of a week where I'm selfishly hoping the chiefs kind of use Clyde Edwards or more from a, a motion out to receiver position and run some routes there and let them work out in space. That's kind of what I'm hoping with Clyde. And I mean, yeah, Daryl's a power back and the chiefs are going to have to, they're going to have to have some additional tight ends and they're going to have to have a combination of Burton and, um, and gray, or they're going to have to call up potentially call up a couple of tight ends, whether it's a uh, Griffin or if it's vital. Um, but they're, they're going to have to, they're going to have to do something uh, if they're not able to have their other two tight ends, but they're, they're going to have to, you're going to have to throw numbers at that thing and have a physical presence and your receivers are going to have to block really well in the run game. I mean, it's there for the taking. The Chiefs can win a multiple, a multiple, they can go multiple directions and win multiple ways. It's just the run. They really got to have a successful run game against the Steelers with the current path that they have right now from a roster perspective. Here's the good news. I think if you're a Chiefs fan and you're looking at this game, because they're, it, it's kind of like, look, the dirty little secret last week. I don't know if you were feeling this way, but you get to Thursday, you realize Sneed's going to be out. Jones is going to be out. Willie Gay is going to be out, right? There was a part of me that was like, ah, I mean, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be surprised if the Chiefs, you know, lose this one by two touchdowns at this point, right? Like, I, I legitimately um, thought it was an uphill climb for the Chiefs. And and you can make that case again this week when you look at the the attrition and who may not be there. That like, man, you know, how do the Chiefs possibly win? I'll say this: nothing about that Steelers offense looks scary to me. Um, and so, especially if the defense is healthy, even with you know, even without Fenton and Bolton, um, you get Chris Jones back in there. I think Melvin Ingram might be slightly motivated. Um, you know, from some of the comments that, that I, whether Mike Tomlin intended for it to be personal or not, if I'm Melvin Ingram, I'm taking it personally and I'm using that as fuel to come in, you know, when he's calling me a hostage, look, I want to play. I signed with you to play, you know, you guys aren't, you know, in my opinion, holding up, uh, you know, your end of the bargain in terms of what you told me, this experience would be like and what my role would be with this team. I'm not happy. And now you're going to call me a hostage, you know, like, like even if he didn't mean it to be personal, uh, I'm going to take it personally. I'm going to take that chip on my shoulder out onto the field. I think this defense can play very well 
Big Ben's a statue in the pocket, and the Chiefs tend to feast on guys like that that, that aren't very mobile in the pocket. I don't think they have a particularly strong run game um, where that you're scared of them just dominating you on the ground. They've got some good receivers, but if Big Ben doesn't have time to, to you know, in the pocket to find him, that doesn't matter. I mean, are you are you worried about anything that this offense throws at you? Here's the first thing I'm gonna say: Mike Tomlin should have kept his mouth shut. That was dumb on his part, mm-hmm. but hey. Good job saying that out there and doing your little your little spiel, your little tough guy spiel. Because guess what I see, Mike Tomlin? An undisciplined football team under your watch yet again. So good job on that one. You had a chance to get a competent offensive coordinator a couple of years ago. Guess what? You blundered that one. Good job, Chief. So anyways, here's what I'm going to say about Mike Tomlin. Because when I heard that, I was like, okay, I know that's a neat little soundbite. I know that's a fun little thing to say. And that's fine, Tomlin. Go ahead and say things like that. But at the end of the day, if I, if, if I was a coach and for, for them down there and talking with Melvin Ingram and those teammates, I would play that every single day and remind them that's what the head coach on the other side said. That's what he thinks about one of your teammates, about one of your brothers, about one of the guys who's here sweating with you and trying to avoid COVID and trying to go out here and help you guys play at your peak. You want somebody to talk and disrespect your family member like that? Go out there and take them to church. So he wants to go out there and say those little things like that. That's fine, Mike Tomlin. You go out there and you do that. But if I, I, I just think the Chiefs' defense—if they—if they allow that to help motivate them a little bit—and Spagnolo adds a little bit more spice and the pressure to it—and with how awful that offensive line is at picking up protections, you just have to stack it across the line. And you can drop three back into coverage. Heck, you could probably drop, you know, six back into coverage if you want. And Ben's just going to sit there like a statue, and you could probably rush with three and be able to get there. So, yeah, no, I'm uh, – yeah, when I heard that comment, that was fine. He can go ahead and say things like that. But if you're one of his teammates, you go out there and you take them to church collectively, and you help remind them that they aren't on your level. They aren't in the same class. And if the defense has got to be the one to get it done this weekend and be able to carry this team, that may be the case. And if that's the case, then they can go out there and handle the business. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Melvin Ingram has a massive game. I'm hoping he has a fun game, and I hope he gets a taunting penalty. I selfishly hope that to where he can sack Ben Roethlisberger and point over there at Tomlin because he likes to run his mouth. So that's fine. Yeah, I, it was Sorry, surprising. it was a little bit of a hot button. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, 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 I love it. I think our, our listeners love it when you get fired up like that. Um, and uh, I, I, it, it didn't make sense. Like, if Melvin Ingram had been a, a, a problem child in the NFL or a guy that had a reputation for, for being troublesome, you know, you, you say and do whatever you want. I don't think it, it makes a difference, but I, I've never heard that about Melvin Ingram. So I, it was surprising to me when he said it after the trade, the fact that he doubled down this week is, is what was, was really shocking to me. Yeah, it wasn't smart on his part. And you would think somebody that's been there as long as he has and won a Super Bowl, that he'd be smarter about that type of stuff. But he's had a lot of mediocrity in Pittsburgh recently. So at some point, that that uh, that ride's going to come to an end. Doesn't mean he won't be successful somewhere else. Doesn't mean he won't have great sound bites somewhere else. But yeah, that it was, won't be USC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's another little sound bite he liked to spiel on, and that's fine. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it, it just, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I see Mike Tomlin as a very disingenuous person. Like, I, I, you know, like somebody who came to camp for you and worked for you like that, 
Like, what does that say to other players when you're going to disrespect a player like that who who gave you what what they had? Like, I mean, and and then on top of it, you can't figure out how to correctly use him. I'm sorry, that scheme was trash for him, plain and simple. Like, that's what that was from him. Ingram's much better when he's got his hand in the dirt or whenever he can be a part of a four-man front like that in a normal traditional sense and be able to attack. So that's on you guys for not being able to properly identify it. If I can identify it from here in my house in Kansas city without any NFL experience, what are you guys doing over there? You may want to call me LinkedIn me do whatever, but I don't know. But don't don't help him this week. Don't help him this week. No, definitely not this week. No, <laughs> my, my, uh, it's going to voicemail. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Hey Todd, I just got a call right now. Voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I think one of the most intriguing, I think a player that they do have on that roster who, who um, you and I both like coming out in the draft um, and who I think has had a, a good season, made some plays for him. Rookie tight end, Pat Fryermuth. He's been in concussion protocol. How big a loss is that? Cause now you've basically got like, you know, it's, it's same thing with Travis Kelsey, right? Like, like he is your intermediate move the chains type of guy. You know, I mean, they've got some, some down the field guys, um, even with Smith Schuster out, you know, and Deontay Johnson and, and guys like that, but not having Friar Muth, if he is not able to come back and it doesn't look like he's going to be able to come back from that, uh, from that concussion ahead of Sunday's game. That's a, I mean, that's a significant loss for an offense. That's already kind of mediocre to begin with. Yeah. I mean, the problem for, uh, for Friar Muth is that he took a triple tap on that. Like it wasn't, it wasn't just one headshot. He took a headshot from the side. Then he took another one. Then his head bounced off the turf and then smacked, you know, smacked again. So, I mean, like, and he was wobbly and woozy whenever he got up and walked to the sidelines like that. That was a, that was a, that was a legit mildly concerning one. It wasn't as concerning as the chargers one that we had saw in the game. Yeah. Donald, where, Jr. you know, like, the, and you're glad to see that he's doing better um, from the updates that he gave, but, yeah, no, it's just like he's he's a big part. He kind of replaced the Heath Miller role recently, who was you know previously replaced by Jesse J- you know, Jesse James earlier than that, when before he left for the Lions. And like they've always had a guy there that Ben can check it down to, and then they've had a speed guy, which is Deontay Johnson. So, um, so between the two of those guys, those guys were crucial for them. Harris is a solid running back, but guess what? Pittsburgh's offensive line. It's not the Pittsburgh offensive lines of old. Mike Munchak's in Denver, and since he's been gone, um, they've they've struggled significantly, and they've just they've just degraded over time to where that offensive line it's poor in pass protection. It's not exactly great in run. What they rely on is a physical defense, and that's what they use to carry them through until their offense starts doing enough gimmicky stuff to uh, to get on track in the second half of games. Yeah. I mean, Chase Claypool can make some plays too, but they don't strike me as dangerous defensively though, with, with TJ Watt, you know, even with Devin Bush out, how much concern do you have if it's Wiley and Orlando Brown and Mahomes is having to throw to, you know, Gordon and Pringle and, and Hardman, you know, I mean, can, can the Chiefs score enough points to, to make this a comfortable one, or do you think they're going to get dragged right down to the mud like most teams do against Pittsburgh? If the, if the Chiefs don't have Tyreek Kill and Travis Kelsey in the game, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a tough battle to get yards and get points. I'm not saying that they can't do it and that they can't scheme it up on the first couple of series, but 
I mean, you need a lot of players on offense to really step up and kind of taking ownership here. And if and, and if I was if I was the Steelers, I'd put T.J. Watt on Orlando Brown, make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable the entire time on on his blind side. And we'll, you mean we'll Pro Bowl you, Orlando Brown? Dude, don't even get me started on that one. The the rage I had whenever I saw that that was a whole different level of ridiculousness. Right. Right. Yeah. Creed Humphrey not in the Pro Bowl. Trey Smith not in the Pro Bowl. Orlando Brown is. Um, I I didn't get it, but maybe I'm not supposed to. So don't worry, they'll probably make it in like two or three years afterwards, because that's what happens. Like you did, like Mitchell Schwartz got snubbed so many times whenever he was a Pro Bowl right tackle. And like they, they would give it to guys who who aren't on his level. And it, it's it's just the same thing I'm seeing with with Creed and Trey Smith right now, that they're not gonna get it right now. They're gonna get the that's that's one of the bad things about offensive line and, and occasionally defensive line in the Pro Bowls is that they're they get it two years past when they should and you know they don't get it at the proper time. So I mean, yeah, and the complication that comes with Orlando Brown, I'm sorry, but Orlando Brown's not a Pro Bowl left tackle. He's he's getting it based off uh, off of name and he's he's not really a fit in the scheme. And looking at the Chargers tape, man, I mean there was run blocks that like he 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 struggled with that if he makes it, like it turns into a first down and there's pass protections that just didn't they weren't they, they were there were struggle for him and just you know it, it, I mean it it is what it is. Apparently we're watching two different uh game tapes but the bigger complication is his agents now going to use that in contract negotiations and so i mean you know we'll see what the chiefs do in the offseason with it but that that definitely didn't help the price of keeping it down for a guy wanting pro bowl left tackle type of money probably at this point yeah i i think what was frustrating was um you know you see um, you know, like Rashawn Slater, you know, who, who fine, fine rookie left tackle for the Chargers. I'm not saying that Rashawn Slater isn't deserving of the Pro Bowl by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. He probably is. But to see him win the fan vote and get in, and then to see Creed Humphrey not, who, who also won the fan vote, but not get the same respect, um, you know, that, that, I think that's where my frustration was because I think anybody who's paid attention to this team, knows that of the four guys who've played every game, Orlando Brown Jr.'s had the worst season of the four. Right. Um, you know, it, it's probably Creed, Trey, Joe Tooney, and then and then Brown. I mean, I, I think that, you know, yeah. And 100%. I know you, you know, you may, you know, I know you love Trey Smith. He's had a few few more penalties than than Creed. So that's why I'd maybe elevate Creed ahead of him. But sure. uh Trey Humphrey's also had a heck of a lot more pancakes. So um, you know, pick your poison there. But that's where the frustration comes in with, you know, with the pro bowl. And I, I get that, like, you know, guys, you know, it's, it look like I'm not knocking him. I mean, you know, coaches and players also voted on that. It's not just a fan thing, but I, I think he's been the fourth best offensive lineman. And so I think it, it stinks for the other three guys. Yeah. And the fact the other three are alternates is, is irritating as well. And I mean, yeah. here's what I'll say about, about, uh, about Joe Tooney. I mean, He's kind of he's kind of at a he's kind of at a tipping point in his career. We'll see what happens athletically in the next year or two whenever he's got an off season and his hand gets healthy. But Creed and Trey have significantly outperformed him on coaches' film. Like it's yeah. not 
it's it's not it's not as close as people think it is. I mean, Tooney can he can get out and he can stalemate and he can do the kick out block and and kind of stalemate him right there and kind of hold on to him and latch on to him. But in terms of if you want somebody to drive somebody physically five to ten yards, Creed and Trey, they they can do that every single time. And I, I I'll be honest, I mean, Simile is was honestly a better left guard last year than what Tooney's been for him. This year doesn't mean that Tooney's not a good pass protector. Doesn't mean that Tooney's not, you know, <clears throat> he's not helping this this team in general. It's just, and and I respect greatly him kind of having the hand issue and still playing through it. Right, I mean, like I always respect that level of toughness. And so, but it, yeah, it's just well, and, and I, look- I would say the three interior are significantly better than where Orlando Brown's at, but somehow Brown's the one that gets the pro bowl on, on that. Yeah. Well, and the good news is you've got like, if, if you know, you, you've got Tooney for a couple more years, but if you need to get out of that contract in the fourth and fifth year of it, um, especially, you know, if it, if you need to start paying some other guys at other positions, um, even along the line, like you're going to have that option. I don't think Joe Tooney is going to be the reason they lose games the next couple. No, of years. no, no, not at all. So no. he he's perfectly serviceable. I think having a veteran guy like that with the rest of the line being so young, um, you know, there, there's a lot of value to what he's yeah. done. But, but yeah, I mean, like the Brown, like that, that was the only one of the six Chiefs that I that I was surprised by. Like I know Patrick Mahomes hasn't had a Patrick Mahomes type of year, although I would say that's based mostly on a lot of fluky interceptions he threw earlier in the season. Because if you look at the numbers, like he's absolutely deserving of the pro bowl. Um, and, uh, you know, and obviously I think Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey might be the best players at their position in the NFL. So they're, they're deserving. Um, Chris Jones, we see what he does um, when he's at defensive tackle. He's one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, not the best as long as Aaron Donald still exists, but one of yeah. the best. Um, and then Tyron Matthew, um, you know, I mean, he doesn't have the stats necessarily, but a lot of that's because other teams know how good he is and they mm-hmm. try to avoid like, you know, going at him because yeah. why would you, I mean, that that's why they they're, they're testing guys like Legereus Sneed, who is, you know, been uneven at times, but, uh, you know, he's had some really good games and he's had a couple games where when he's been outside, he's struggled a little bit. But that's why they go at other guys because they don't want to go at Tyron Matthew. All five of those guys uh, deserving in my mind. Um, you know, I feel like the you know Creed Humphrey is one of the bigger snubs in, in the NFL, in my opinion, though. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So, and the fact that Nick Bolton isn't even an alternate. Um, yeah, that one, that one's weird too because like, he's got more to honor tackles. He's one of the league leaders right now, and you're like, ah, oh, no. Yeah, it, it it it's whatever, but. Um, you how? Where's your confidence level in this one? I, I look. I again, I'll say like I think if the Chiefs were missing Kelsey and Hill and they were playing the Chargers, I would just go ahead and book that as a loss, right? Like you know, I don't. You're facing a team that 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 the firepower. It, it's it's going to be hard for me to see the Chiefs putting up thirty if kill if Hill and Kelsey aren't available. But I still think that with Patrick Mahomes, they can put up twenty four. And I think that would could be enough to beat the Steelers team. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a struggle throughout. And I, I think the Chiefs are gonna have to be on point for for at least a two two thirds of the game. 
um, especially they don't have Hill and Kelsey. Um, so I, I, I think it's going to be a struggle. I think it's going to be a physical game. I think the Chiefs will be exhausted afterwards. I think Steelers will be exhausted afterwards. I just think the only, the only, the biggest difference that can, I think, is, from a positive perspective, is the Chiefs having those extra days of rest versus the Steelers playing a really physical game against the Titans. I think yeah. is gonna. I think it's gonna sway some of the stuff there in the second half of the game in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, no, I can absolutely see that benefiting the Chiefs greatly. Um, over under in this one, by the way, is uh, is forty six and a half, and, and I feel like this could end up being like that Giants game or that Green Bay game, mm-hmm. where there just aren't a lot of points scored. It isn't very sexy. But uh, if Elliot Fry can find a way to win it, I think everybody will be thrilled. This is this is one of those gut check games <clears throat> for the Chiefs, I think. Um, and but this this year's team, the way that they've played, and maybe you know um, they they've had some struggles. Everything hasn't come as easy for the offense as it did the previous three years. You know the defense was probably the worst defense in the NFL through the first seven weeks of the season. Like this team has shown some grit, some toughness, some resilience that, that maybe other teams haven't always had to show. And and look, I know the 2019 team, once they got to the playoffs, they showed, you know, all kinds of, of of toughness and grit to overcome double digit deficits in, in literally every game in the playoffs. But this team just, it feels like it's DNA is a little bit more workman. Like I just, I feel like in years past, I, I'm, um, you know, there th- those teams were, you know, they they reminded me more of the greatest show on turf, and, and like if you really punched them in the mouth, um, it took them a while to recover. I don't think this team, um, you know, this team's more like Rocky Balboa, man. They just they just keep getting up off the canvas, and and it'll take a little bit of punishment. So, if there's one team during this Mahomes era that I would trust to be able to weather the kind of uh, personnel issues that they may have to weather. I think it's this 2021 group because I think they've earned the right to to have that that gritty kind of tough uh, tough uh, label attached to their name this year. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about that part of it. Um, my biggest, my two biggest concerns is can the running back step up to the plate and give them a solid, reliable run game? And then if Hill and Kelsey aren't out there. And Mahomes has to go create what receivers are going to ad lib with him to help him be able to create in those plays and make some of those magical moments happen. Is that going to be Byron Pringle? Is it going to be McCole Hardman? Is it going to be Demarcus Robinson? Is it going to be Josh Gordon? Is it going to be Clyde Edwards Alaire? Who's going to be that? Who are going to be those players to kind of fill in that spot? Because a lot of the big plays that ended up happening against the Chargers was because Mahomes went, you know, scrambled out to the left or right and, you know, ad lib with the, with the, Kelsey and Hill, and they were able to turn them into explosive plays. So if those aren't available, how do you continue to keep that magic? Or do you have the run game to lean lean on that can help you get through it? Well, maybe we'll finally see Cornell Powell. <laughs> Anything's possible, Todd. He was <laughs> he certainly was protected on the practice squad. That's right. Week. That's right. He'll definitely be on the Chiefs team. Uh, maybe not the active roster, but you know, we'll see. Well, I mean, technically, he's been on the Chiefs team all year. That's what I'm saying. But he'll definitely be on through this week still, since they since they use one of their practice squad protections on him. Touche. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, Nick, happy birthday! Did you get my present? What birthday? 
No. Well, your half birthday. Um, I if if there was anything outside, I haven't checked. So <laughs> I, uh, it's not. It's just look. it's just a hug. I put it in an envelope and mailed it to you. Well, that seems like a real waste of uh, a stamp. Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right, Todd. Well, this is the this looks like my exit here. <laughs> no, I got to ask you what your predicted score is for this one. Seventy-seven nothing. No, it's not seventy-seven nothing. Oh, Nick Jacobs has that. no faith in the Chiefs. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun, Todd. Um, that, was play, my, that was my real Christmas. I'm present. gonna I'm gonna play a game called Not Be Here. That's where I leave the podcast. <laughs> gonna see if I can win. All right. Well, take care, kids. Oh, Nick already hung up. Okay. Bye.